What's up, everybody? I want to share with you a special episode. This is an episode that I put out on my UI Buzz podcast, and the content is exactly the same thing that I wanted to put out in this episode, which is the end of year review of sort of myself and, and where I've been development wise, and, and maybe a little bit of where I think I'm going. And rather than re recording it, I thought I would just put this episode uh, right in here for you so you can listen to it. So if you hear references to other podcasts, uh, you know where those are coming from. They're all my podcasts. So with that, let's get into my end of year review of myself. So we're reaching the end of the year here. Not quite. I get it. It's early December, but I, I start to wrap up my year at this point. And I thought this was a perfect time to do a, an episode reflecting upon sort of my development year, as it were, for want of a better way of describing it. And I'm really hoping that sort of my reflections back on my year inspire you to do something similar. I find this is a really useful process to just sort of sit and look at the things that I've done this year and ask myself the questions, are these the things that I wanted to get done? Do I feel like I've moved forward? What areas do I feel like I've been lapsed in? What failures did I have? You know, just those kind of general things. And the reason being is I find that helpful to guide me into what I think I should do next year and and maybe also guide me in things that I should start doing, things that maybe I should stop doing that just were not working. So I'm really hoping this inspires you. If it does, reach out to me. Let me know. PeterWidham.com. You can find me there. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and your thoughts on how your year has gone. So let's go ahead and dive into some of the details here. This year, I changed from... Gatsby and Next to Astro. I'll put a link in the show notes. I've spoken about this before. I absolutely love Astro. For me, it just works the way that my brain works, I guess is the best way to describe it. It solved a lot of problems for me that I was having with some of the other frameworks. That doesn't necessarily mean that these frameworks were wrong. They just didn't gel with the way that I do things or the way that I wanted to do things. Or the way that I understand them, I, I guess, is kind of the, the general way of describing it there. So for me, Astro is a win. Uh, my website, compileswift.com, now runs on Astro. Uh, PeterWidham.com doesn't at the moment. It still runs on WordPress. But I'm considering next year moving that. I'm really not sure yet. Uh, but, but I'm thoroughly loving Astro. So for me, that was a good move. It solved some problems and made life easier for me. I can generate content with Astro a lot quicker. I also simplified my tool set by removing a lot of duplicate tools, especially IDEs. And this was hard because we all have our favorite tools and invariably we have more than one favorite tool for any given task. In my case, I had a few IDEs that I liked and I, I don't want to name any of them here because none of them are bad. They're all fantastic. But I felt that I needed to commit more to certain ones and let's be honest, yes, there are the free ones and I use some of those, but I have paid ones as well. And every year when licenses come around, as I've spoken about in previous episodes, I ask myself, how much am I using this? Is this the way I want to go? Do I want to keep paying to use this tool? Or perhaps more importantly, in my case, do I want to keep paying to use two or three tools that do the same thing and pick one and go with it and become even better at that one tool. So that's what I did this year. And this sort of plays into another area where I have found myself 
using more cross-platform tools and favoring those. Now, what I mean by that in my case is almost all of my development has been done on a Mac. And the reason being, firstly, I like I like the Mac uh, OS, but, you know, it's not progressed greatly this year. Let's put it that way. Last couple of versions have been okay, but I feel like we're heading down a path that, you know, it's not, I don't want to say becoming stagnant. It It's becoming less developer friendly. Let me put it that way. So this year I thought I really need to start exploring other platforms more. I, of course, like so many of you, have used Windows for years and years and years, and the same with Linux. So this year I started to favor tools that existed on all of those platforms, or at least a couple of those platforms, to keep my options open in the future. Because you just never know, you know, how things are going to go, and especially some tools. Uh, like, for example, the recently released Affinity Tools, uh, those are, you buy a license and they're cross-platform, and I always like companies when they do that, even if it's a case of, you know, you only have a one or two seat license, but for me, that's fine. If you, you know, if I can find a cross-platform version for something so I can learn it once on one platform and use it on many, fantastic, that's the way I'm going to go. So I've done a lot more of that this year. Uh, you know, from tools like design tools, like I said, the affinity tools, through to IDEs and, you know, of course, a lot of the underlying frameworks, they work cross-platform anyway. Now, I still don't use Windows as my main development platform. I absolutely use Macs because I just find Windows a little frustrating for a lot of the things, especially at the terminal level where you have a terminal, but it's not the same as a Linux terminal, for example, you know, where, yes, okay, you can install, install tools to make that happen, but it's there's always something. There's always some gotcha, and I just don't want to mess with that. So invariably, I'll switch over to one of my Linux VMs at that point. Anyway, that's the cross-platform tools. I've also started to focus and really focus down on core areas and technologies that I use the most. And maybe perhaps the better way to put it is I'm really learning those ones. And I've started to stop myself from being so curious about others. Now, I'm always promoting learn other tools, and I'm not saying that I don't. But I don't spend as much time learning the new cutting-edge tools that may go away again in a week as soon as they appear and things like that in favor of really learning and knowing the ones that have been around a while and that I use a lot. And that's really the key for me there, is the ones that I use a lot are the ones that I'm focusing down on. And I, in air quotes, play with other tools when I get the chance and I, I feel like doing something different just to try it out. But I won't dive in and sort of hardcore start to use that tool, whatever it may be, for, for whatever development. For example, I always go back to Xcode for iOS and Mac development because for all of its problems and everything else, it's the one to go with, right? At least in my opinion. There are lots of other editors and tools you can use, but they end up using the Xcode command line tools under the hood, so why not just use Xcode, right? That, that That's an example right there. Of course, when it comes to web development platforms and game development platforms, you have plenty of options, especially with gaming. Two most popular, of course, are Unreal Engine and Unity Engine. And as I've spoken about previously, I'm a big Unity user, but I'm, I'm learning more about Unreal. So that's my definition of really focusing down on the core tools and technologies there. 
I've also focused more on completing personal projects and driving those forward wherever possible rather than starting new ones. And this is an interesting subject, probably worthy of an episode all by itself, because the problem is you have an idea and the next thing you know, you want to go build that idea. I get it. We've all been there. We all do it. And I'm trying to stop myself from doing that so much and saying, okay, add that idea to the list of things to look at one day and keep working on what you're working on. Because the problem I found in my case is, yeah, I start working on all these projects and none of them ever get finished. Hands up, all those people that have done that. Yes, it's most of us, let's be honest. So for me, I'm starting to finish and ship some of my projects, personal projects that I've been working on. And then I'll turn my attention to some of the newer ones. That That's a good way for me to force myself to complete a project, get it out there, get over that fear of shipping as well, which is a big thing, right? It's easy to use another new project as an excuse to avoid that fear of shipping something and seeing how it works out once you hand it over to the public. So that's another thing there. I also signed up for some design courses because I really feel that my ideas are becoming stagnant and repetitive. And certainly I would say in some cases dated some of my designs. As I was looking at some of my projects, I realized, wow, they really look similar. So I wanted to break free from that. And the best way I could think to do that was to say, okay, I'm going to take some design courses here and follow along with a lot of them like they do with these apps, whatever it may be, a to-do app, an expense app, a timing app, whatever. But to as a way to learn and embrace different styles and approaches to user interfaces. And that's been working out really well. I actually rewrote an interface on one of my apps recently, and it is so much better than the original idea I had. The original idea I had was very functional and very usable, but it was frankly boring. And now it feels like it has that kind of UI, and hopefully you know what I mean by this, I'm sure you do, those apps that has a UI that says, get in there, use me, make it a delight to, to use it and play with it. So that is also something else that I've been focusing on is really going out there and trying new directions for my designs. And not, I don't, I want to be clear, not stealing or copying other people's designs, but using those as a way to look at something and say, yeah, sure, yours is functional, but have you thought about doing it this way to make it more interesting? And that is something that, that I'm still in the process of doing now, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It really has me thinking in different ways and different approaches, and that's something I recommend you consider if you find that you're just not getting excited about the designs and the user interactions that you come up with. So that's a reflection of a lot of the things for me this year. Moving away from the development slightly and maybe more to the content, I'm happy that I've got more podcast episodes out for my three podcasts that I have. There's the UI Buzz podcast. I have the Compile Swift podcast as well. And I have one called A Creator's Journey, which is exactly that. It's all about the journey of someone creating things. And I've been more consistent with getting episodes out for those and keeping them going. And I've seen a little bit of growth in all directions, some more than others. And that's always heartening. So that's been good. Something that I haven't done this year that I actually don't feel bad about at all after I thought about it was I have put very little content on YouTube. 
not because I don't like YouTube, but I feel like YouTube is one of those, it gets you chasing the numbers and realizing that you can get there, right? You can get the numbers, but then to maintain them is so much harder than you think it's going to be. And it's ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is this worth it? Why am I chasing this? So for me, I t when it comes to video, I turned my focus more to live streaming and that in that direct interaction with an audience I feel is so much better than just comments on YouTube. Now I don't know that I'm going to stay that way but I've, I feel at the moment it's what's working best for me and so that's the way I'm going with it. I'm doing the live streams interaction with the the whatever you want to call it chat room studio audience whatever you wanted to call that and I'm seeing a lot of people watching it on replays from different time zones as well and not that it's about the numbers but it tells me that people are more interested right that on my content at least on that right now than my sort of having to overproduce and edit and pretty up if you like the content and put it on YouTube with live streams you have this kind of this easier approach, I guess, or easier way of looking at things where you say it's live and it is what it is. And you don't have to, yes, you can go back and edit the replays afterwards and do all of that post-processing and all of that, but you don't have to. And I actually prefer not to. Once a live stream is done, it's out there and people can scan through it for the appropriate parts or just ignore it altogether. It's entirely up to them. So for me, live streaming has been a win on that. Now, of course, yes, live streaming can be somewhat terrifying for a lot of people, but it's easy to get over it once you've done it a few times and you realize, as I have said before, people want you to succeed in general and they want to help you have a good time doing that, especially in the chat rooms. And if there's those that don't, you can kick them out, right? And I've been lucky. I think in the entire time I've been doing it now for over a year, maybe two people I've kicked out and banned, which were obviously just folks doing doing what they do on the internet, right? But I have found that it's a great way to get involved with communities and find great folks and also importantly, watch other people's live streams. So that's my wrap for 2022 from a development and content creation perspective. I have some interesting thoughts for things I want to do next year and one in particular about going back to analog journaling and writing it by hand and how important that has been this year for me as a understanding my development approach and just learning things in general and learning a lot about myself but I'm going to talk about that in, in future episodes that's not a thing for this episode uh, I may do one on plans for next year we'll see how that goes but I'm I wanted to do this end of year review of myself and like I say, I strongly urge you all to think about doing this for you as well and to think about your goals and plans that you had for this year and where did you get with them? Because looking at that is going to tell you so much about your approach for next year. And that's really the important part is trying to make things better next year. Regardless of how successful you've been this year, there's always that growth. And you can only do that by looking back and seeing what you did this year. That's it for this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Again, you can reach out to me at peterweedham.com. And with that, we're in the holiday season now. I'm still going to be cranking out the content, but I will be taking time and it'll probably be a little slower as I enjoy this time of year to relax, 
recover from a lot of the stress of the year, like we're all going through over recent years, and to spend time with friends and family. So that's it. I will see you in the next episode. Until then, if we don't speak, have a great holiday season.